0: Today on this episode of Going Deeper, we are going to be talking about the Manslayer and the original Avenger, which is not Captain America. I am your host, Kyle McCaskill.
1: I'm Becky
2: Clark. I'm Marie Burns.
0: So join us as we go deeper.
2: Okay, so we're doing 20 and 21 this week. Yes. And I read it. 20 and 21. Yes. Cities of Refuge is kind of fascinating.
1: It, you know, yes, it is actually quite fascinating. <laughs> I jumped down a rabbit hole last night doing some extra readings. So, and that's when I texted you and was like,
2: we're going to have a lot a lot of stuff to talk about today. I think you. So. I think your words were "buckle up." <laughs> buckle. <laughs> I wanted to say uh-huh.
1: "buckle up, Buttercup," but I didn't feel like that was going to come across quite right <laughs> on a text. Doesn't <laughs> sound quite the same as like saying it, yeah. you know. <laughs> buckle up, Buttercup. All right. Well, anyway. I'm all buckled. What's what's up? Yeah. Okay. So, <clears throat> we are this week. We're talking about. Uh, we're giving the rest of the land. Mm-hmm. So we we did that whole big thing last week mm-hmm. where we gave the portions to the tribes. Now there's a little bit of business left, which is the cities of refuge and the uh, cities to the Levites, which mm-hmm. the Levites are not given inheritance or title to that land. They're just given um, kind of access to right. settle in those places because they're not supposed to own land. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and the cities of refuge. Both of these things in chapter twenty and twenty one were dictated long before they got to the land. You, we will read, or we can talk about. And um, there's a kind of a place in Exodus. There's a place. There's some places in Numbers. There's some places in Deuteronomy mm-hmm. right. where this is kind of said. This is what you need to do. This is referencing cities of refuge and refuge refu- referencing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the giving of the land to the Levites and and actually how many pieces of land so when it breaks it up in chapter 21 yeah I a lot of numbers yeah, yeah. it feels very boring like um, the other chapters of the giving of the land it's not boundaries so much it's just these listing of towns within which yeah. tribes um, and I don't know why but every time it lists it it says they're given the city and the pasture land they're given the city and the pasture land such interesting repetition because they were required to have the city and the pasture land. So right. the fact that the author repeats it every mm-hmm. time is a little bit tedious.
2: Well, I remember you and I talking about, with Levites getting no land, they had to have gotten something before we really got into this mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. sacrifices. Right. They had to atone for their own things before they could take care of anybody else. So yep. we knew they had to have their own animals. Yeah. So how did they care for them? And so we... It makes sense to me. Yeah.
1: But it's just really tedious. So the 20, sure. chapter 21 would be a lot shorter if it was just <laughs> these are the <laughs> these are the cities and then these are the cities in this tribe and these are the cities in this tribe but it's like this is the city and they got the city and the pasture land and then this city and this and the pasture land and this city and the pasture land mm-hmm. and this city and the, okay okay mm-hmm. like we need the abridged version. Got it. They always get the pasture land. Right. Um, so, you know, there's there are some interesting things about uh, Chapter 21. But let's talk about Chapter 20 because it's really got you probably, both of you, stopped on some things in Chapter 20 that we're, like, scratching my head and wondering about. Um, I,
0: I drew some interesting cultural parallels to some things in Chapter 20. Okay. But, but I'm curious to know what, to, to hear how you flesh those out. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so, okay, so one of the things that I think is really important about uh, talking about cities of refuge before we get into the Manslayer, or Slayer, and the Avenger Mm -hmm. of Blood, uh, which is just... (laughs) What? It's so cool to talk about, I guess. Um, (laughs) One of the things that we really need to talk about is some kind of going back to some degree uh, um, of a Leviticus conversation.
2: Okay. Mm -hmm. And
1: and a law conversation of the people of God and how God determines his justice for the Mm -hmm. people and how he has created this kind of lawful nation Mm -hmm. that is different from everyone else. So the cities of refuge have to do with uh, asylum for someone who as who has accidentally killed someone else mm-hmm. and in within scripture before Joshua there's some very outlined and definitive things to determine if that person who is the slayer mm-hmm. manslayer slayer mm-hmm. uh, has actually murdered with premeditated intent mm-hmm. or murdered Accidentally, Okay. And the city of refuge is the place that they seek asylum before a trial is had. Okay. Yeah. And before yeah. guilt is determined. <clears throat> and it, it really goes back to a lot of what God determined early in when he gave the law of how do we see each other? Mm-hmm. What's the value of human life?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, how I see the value of human life is as Yahweh, the creator of all, and then how you, as my people, should see the value of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happens when life is taken mm-hmm. among my people? Um, So, one of the things that was mentioned in one of the commentaries that I read was really this whole idea of City of Refuge goes back to, um, you have to start in Genesis chapter 9. And Genesis chapter 9 says that, uh, in Genesis chapter 9 verse 5, I'll start there. I will surely demand your blood for a human life. For every living thing, I will demand it. From humans, from a man, for his brother, I will demand something for a human life. Whoever sheds human blood by a human, his blood will be shed. For in the divine image, God made human beings.
2: Is that after Noah? Uh, after they've come out of the ark? Uh. Yeah, no. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Uh-huh. Okay. Yes. I remember this from studying leviticus yes because we were talking about what what's the big deal about blood Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and i remember my research took me to that point
1: yeah so the idea that god goes back to often is about how blood pollutes creation yeah so even when you talk about sacrifice of animals how you deal with the blood of the sacrificed animal is is a very important thing you can't shed blood willy nilly it can't go wherever um, it has to be disposed of in a very certain way because blood pollutes because God and the people of God the way that God kind of conveys it to the people is that the life is in mm-hmm. the blood
2: yeah. right
1: The life is in the blood of the animal that's sacrificed. The life is in the blood of the person. Mm -hmm. Um, And on top of that for us, we are created in the image of God. So not only do we have life within us, but we have the image of God stamped upon us. Mm -hmm. So there's kind of this almost double for us. Yeah. So when you understand that, and then we get into a conversation of what happens when a life is taken. Yeah. Then there are certain things that the people of God are asked to do um, in regard to that. And God has dictated to the people while they were still in the wilderness that when you get to the land, you are going to set up these six cities of refuge. And three on the east side, which we know the half tribe of Manasseh, Gad, mm-hmm. and Reuben are on the left, on the east side, and the rest of our tribes are on the right side. So three on the right side. Scripture dictates that from God that they need to be placed where if I am someone who needs to flee to the city of refuge, I need to be able to get there in a day or less. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, they are intentionally put where wherever you are Mm -hmm. within the tribes, you can get to a city refuge in a day or less. That's very important because (laughs) the avenger of blood should be coming after you. Mm -hmm. Right and you need to get to the City of Refuge before they do. Quickly.
2: Because <laughs> if they catch you before you get there...
1: Because if they yeah. catch you before you get there, they can avenge the death. The, the mm-hmm. death. And they are <clears throat> right to do so. Yeah. No matter what yeah. happened. Well, I guess we're kind of jumping ahead of ourselves yeah. right here no, at no, this point. It's okay. Uh-huh. I mean, we're going to go back to it. Um, so, that is what the City of Refuge is. and it, it is... Every city of refuge is also a Levitical uh, holding. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because you have to have the priest there. Yes. Right. The priests were the mm-hmm. ones who were uh, continuing to uh, speak to the people of who God was and the ones who are continuing to, to remind the people and, uh, of, of the law and the things that they are supposed to be doing. So, um, in essence, not that the priest, and this is kind of a difference, That does not transpire yet in Joshua, but will eventually. The priests are not the um, law dictators in the sense of like they are not the judges, Mm -hmm. but God will set people who will be the leaders, elders, or judges, and or judges who will be the the ones who will determine if what the sentence is yeah. okay, essentially yeah. uh, but you have to be in Levitical City with the priest because towards the end of the chapter we'll talk about why okay. because okay. that's important okay um, so the scripture tells us that you need to appoint these places mm-hmm. the place that the manslayer who strikes any person without intent or unknowing may flee there okay well so here's the question then How do you determine, how does one determine if it was not done premeditated?
0: I have no idea. And well, the notes that I have in this translation are telling me that it's kind of like it's a place to go and they will eventually stand trial. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then if he's found innocent, like mm-hmm. if it is accidental,
1: mm-hmm.
0: then the person can remain in the city of refuge until the high priest dies or whatever. Statute must of, remain yeah. in mm-hmm. the city of refuge. R- must remain, yes. right.
1: Cannot leave. Right. So, and, yes. Go ahead, sorry.
0: But then if they're found guilty, mm-hmm. then there's due punishment.
1: Yeah, so there was some debate in some of the commentaries that I read about where the trial is. Is mm-hmm. the trial in the city of refuge is the trial right outside the gates of the city of refuge, or is the trial back in the, the clan area of where the death happened. Hmm. And nobody can quite, it just seems like everybody's a little bit confused about where exactly. Um, Most people seem to kind of lean towards the trial happens outside the gates of the refuge city. Um, but some, two or three people I read said they take them back to the the clan that they were from or fled mm-hmm. from, and if they're found to be innocent, they are, then have to go back to the city of refuge. Um, if you are found innocent, you have to stay in the city of refuge until the high priest dies. And we'll talk about yeah. um, Hold off on asking me why, because okay. we'll get to it. I,
0: I just thought it was very interesting that it used the, the term congregation until he stands before the congregation mm-hmm. for judgment and until the death of one who is high priest in those days.
1: Yeah. So this was the, this is the thing that, yeah, um may not have quite happened yet. so we're we're setting up the city of refuge mm-hmm. and just as um, God had determined certain things that would happen in the promised land and we're taking some of those things, this seems to be one of the things that's not quite done yet okay even when we take the land. so mm-hmm. what what is the congregation was still some somewhat like is the congregation the whole town of the city of refuge mm-hmm. or if you consider that they go back to the home clan is the congregation, the the people of that clan, or is the congregation the set of elders that have been chosen for the city of refuge to be able to determine things like this?
0: Yeah. According to just a real simple definition uh, of the word that's used there, it really just means a gathering. Mm-hmm. And it's not specific. Yeah. And, and so, I can see why there would be a lot of confusion there.
1: Well, and one other place said that really one of the things that transpires is by the time you get to judges, the judges that were chosen by God mm-hmm. are part of what uh, preside over okay. the trial. So. You could kind of assume that even though they're setting up the city of refuge here, you can see in the next book of Judges that God puts people in place that would be the congregation, so to speak, um, that determined this, because it's quite important. Right, It's a a big deal.
0: I I think it's interesting. I'm going to take a little aside right here, because in all of this, we've been talking and we went through Leviticus Mm -hmm. a long time ago. Yeah. and And... We, at the end of that book, it's talking about how we would move into the cities and everything. Mm-hmm. And now we're we're talking here. It's another instance of we're laying the groundwork for mm-hmm. how things are to be done. Mm-hmm. And I just it's this continual notion that God is not a reactionary God, mm-hmm. and I, I think that to me that's a very comforting fact <clears throat> mm-hmm. that, that in all of this mm-hmm. God is looking ahead mm-hmm. for us and he's trying to set up the systems for us yeah. to interact with each other yeah. and him yeah. in the best way possible.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I, I don't know. We, we tend to be very reactionary yes. in this day and age and Special God is days. very much not that. And that gives me a lot of just thinking about this in this moment here, there's a lot of comfort in that.
1: Yeah, so um, one of the references that I had was from uh, Exodus 21. And I don't think in this part of Exodus, like this, right before that in chapter 19, they're at Mount Sinai. So they're like early in mm-hmm. to their time in the wilderness. They don't even know at this point they're going to be there 40 years and one of the instructions is about um hitting and killing someone. So this is mm-hmm. be- way before we get to yeah. to Joshua. You see mm-hmm. that God has thought through a lot mm-hmm. of things right. way ahead of time right. because he knows humanity and that these are going to be issues. Even even though he outlines that we shouldn't murder, he has to define even more clearly what he means by that, yeah. right? What that really means for us right. and how we deal with it. So, in Exodus 21, starting in verse 12, it says, "Anyone who hits and kills someone should be put to death. If the killing wasn't one, wasn't on purpose, but an accident allowed by God. I don't really. We're gonna need more time to." study that (laughs) then I was then I will designate a place to which the killer can run away which becomes the city of refuge he it's just not named yet here Mm -hmm. but if someone plots and kills another person on purpose you should remove the killer from my altar and put him to death and then it goes on to also talk about like if you are hit your parent or if you kidnap a person or all that kind of stuff slave owners all this like he's starting to put those things in place Then we get to, um, no, no, that's for something else. Then we get to, uh, somewhere in Numbers Numbers 25, 35, yeah, where uh, it talks about the cities and the pastures of Levites, and it talks about, I was just looking at it, yes, um, okay, so it really starts a little bit earlier than that, but yes, the cities will be for you a place of refuge from the close relatives from the close relative of the dead. when that close relative of the dead is what we know as the avenger of blood. Right. right. Which, Doug told us yesterday, mm-hmm. which I'm, <laughs> it's like chills. The avenger, that word avenger mm-hmm. that is used in scripture is the same word as um, Hebrew word for kinsman redeemer. Mm-hmm. Or kinsmen, Yeah. And, Um, That is the word that is used in the story of Ruth, where Boaz comes in and becomes the kinsman redeemer to restore uh, Naomi's uh, family. He marries Ruth, you know, all this kind of beautiful, beautiful things. That's what Mm -hmm. Jesus is. One of the responsibility of the kinsman redeemer is to deal with the loss of life within their family, to avenge to and really they use the more the word to redeem or restore what was lost what was shed
0: mm-hmm.
1: and the issue with blood because blood is a pollutant essentially mm-hmm. is that blood has to be redeemed so, the loss of life, the loss of blood, that's why it's called the avenger of blood, uh-huh. must redeem the situation in some way. So, that means it, it apparently, through scripture, always means a loss of life
0: Yeah,
1: for someone else. That's mm-hmm. the only way that it can be avenged. Interestingly, if I am the avenger of blood for my family and you premeditatedly kill someone, it is my right to then redeem their loss by taking your life. If you are found to be innocent of you didn't do it on purpose, Mm -hmm. you have to spend the rest of your life in the city of refuge. But there is still a need for redemption of another life. Do you know whose life that is? Mm. The high priests.
2: Okay. Okay, wait. He, say that again. Okay.
1: okay. I want you to hear this because yeah. I want yeah. way wa- to get it. There always has to be redemption and restoration for the death of one, mm-hmm. the shedding of blood, okay? So, as the avenger of my family, the only way that I can fully redeem ultimately is there has to be a loss of life, someone else's life to redeem. Mm-hmm. So, if Marie... Premeditatedly took the life of someone in my family. Mm -hmm. Um, My responsibility is to take her life. It redeems the loss of life. Mm -hmm. Okay. If she is found to be guilty, she has to spend the rest of her life in the city of refuge. Mm -hmm. The blood is not redeemed until the high priest dies.
2: If I'm Mm. guilty of. Or if I'm innocent of the premeditated, if it were an accident. Yes, but
1: there is still a loss there's of still life. Mm-hmm. So the only way that it can be fully avenged is for the high priest to die, which is why it says in scripture mm-hmm. the manslayer will stay in the city of refuge until the yeah. high priest dies. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. then mm-hmm. that death redeems. redeems the other death. Mm hmm. I'm going to give you a minute to draw a parallel. I'm just, my gears have
2: been turning this whole time. Like there's two two thoughts going on in my head and one is formed, but the other one is still not there yet. One is that idea, there's that, I don't know if you would call it a theology, but that idea out there that a lot of the Old Testament, and not that this is all that's going on. Let me say Mm. that. Mm -hmm. Part of what's going on in the Old Testament is there was a time that was quite barbaric and if you stole from me, I could kill you. And so a piece of this is God teaching his people there is another way, yeah, yeah death murder, taking a life isn't the answer for everything. I don't know if this is true or not. this has just been something that's presented to me over the years and it makes a lot of sense but mm-hmm. and so. By the time we get to Leviticus, it's laid out very specifically how you handle the different crimes. Mm-hmm. But as we've said more than once, there was no expectation of a heart change back then. Yeah, mm-hmm. and eventually we get to that point. And the thought that is not quite formed there yet is: there's there's definitely something else going on deeper below the surface that I can't articulate yet. That has to do with sin and redemption and mm-hmm. cities of redemption. You know. There's, there's something else there that is not is just not forming in my brain yet. I'm, I've got to finish this cup of coffee and have at least one more probably. So you'll just have to leave me with that until it really forms. But there's something else there that I can't. Well, what's fascinating to me that seemed to be presented
1: in so many of the commentaries I read and in so many of the other scriptures that I read was this idea that um God is really trying to convey to his people, which we've talked about so many times, of how different you needed to be from everybody else. Uh, death and killing and murder of any sort, sacrifice of animals and people and children and whatever were, were the Canaanite way, were other cultures' mm-hmm. ways. And it wasn't supposed to be the Israelites' way. And yet, to some degree, God takes what they've seen around them and he mm-hmm. shapes it with a new meaning. Mm-hmm. And part of what I think he says here and this whole thing is that I want you to see how valuable life is. That you want to be, you have to be careful yeah. around you. Mm-hmm. You, you. You don't want to accidentally.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and that one of the examples... In scripture, and I care, I think it's in Deuteronomy, talks about, for example, if you are cutting wood and the iron part of your handle flies off of your axe and kills somebody else, it was an accident. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the example in scripture. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: like, One wonders okay. how many accidental deaths happened around back then.
1: Well, Apparently a like, lot. <laughs> I, I don't. Apparently, the is accident a, of your your axe handle flying off while you're cutting wood wasn't happened enough that it's like a McDonald's rule mm-hmm. of the Bible. Yeah. You know,
2: like <laughs> in, that sign is in out in here. public now because somebody did that, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> Isn't that or is the is the grace of God there since the beginning? Yeah, I mean that's. Yeah. We, we make jokes about the Old Testament versus the New but the truth of the matter is the grace of God was there from the beginning since right. before the beginning yeah. and here is yet another beautiful example of the grace of God yes there has to be a life for a life mm-hmm. God can't be there, there's those two ideas that go together you've got sin God can't be where there's sin and then you've got the sanctity of life and how before before Noah you couldn't have meat, right? Like I'm remembering that 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 was the point where God said it is okay so. to kill and eat. Yeah. And yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Drink another oh. sip of coffee. That's the point at which God said it's okay to kill an animal for food, but only these only these animals. Mm-hmm. You have to drain its lifeblood first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you're really starting to formulate that idea of a life for a life, and it's going we're, it's going to get, get expanded upon over and over and bigger and bigger until you get to jesus but
1: okay so i want you to think about what i just said about the avenger of blood Mm -hmm. is called the kinsman redeemer Mm -hmm. who must come in Mm -hmm. to redeem the loss of life one of the ways that loss of life is redeemed is by the death of the high priest Mm -hmm. yeah Jesus Mm -hmm. is the kinsman Mm -hmm. redeemer. Right. Jesus is the high priest. And so I see this beautiful setting up even here of like God's, God's giving a taste Mm -hmm. of what really is to come Mm -hmm. with Jesus who will come and avenge. The blood of humanity that was shed, which is really just avenge you for the sin in your life. And I mean, you know, to, to take you back and yeah. to redeem yeah. what has been lost for you. And the way he does it is that it's not really redeemed until his death.
0: Yeah. Well, And it's, it's interesting. It, it reminds me of a really powerful little mini movie that I may have shown y'all at some point. Uh, but it's called True and Better. And basically the gist of the whole little mini movie is saying, look, we've got these threads running through all of the Old Testament. Every single one of them is leading us to Jesus.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And here is another example of mm-hmm. that thread running through it all. Yeah. Jesus was not uh, absent from the Old Testament. Jesus oh, gosh, was, no. yeah, he was there. the thread yeah. that that singular idea that God is preparing his people for mm-hmm. thousands of years ahead of his actual coming
1: yeah
2: you know the flip side of that is is as as the kinsman redeemer as the Avenger of blood he has every right to just wipe us out mm-hmm
0: well just I mean we can jump all the way to the end of the book
2: I mean yeah and
0: and look and see that we we are very comfortable with Jesus as the Lamb Mm -hmm. that that he came as in the the New Testament in the Gospels but we are informed that when he comes back, he's not coming as a lamb, he's nope. coming as a lion. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, and he's so he, coming he, he as the avenger be, of blood. He will be too. coming as Wielding the avenger of blood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> he I'm came read
0: as this already. kinsman redeemer, uh-huh. mm-hmm. and he will come again, mm-hmm. that same purpose, Yep. Yep. but now he was, he's going to be avenging. I don't know, but maybe. Tell we, me Jesus we, we maybe the get jumping a little bit. Because
1: the Avenger of Blood has the kinsman has every right and responsibility. Now, one of the things that a few people pointed out was that the most important aspect of the kinsmen at this point is that they are not supposed to they have a family obligation to redeem. Mm-hmm. They do not have the right to vengeance. Mm. This is not about right. vengeance. Yeah. This is about redemption mm-hmm. and restoration of the loss of life, the blood that's shed. Mm-hmm. So they make quite clear um, some of the people that I've read, and I, I think Scripture in places does this too. Mm-hmm. That one of the that life should not be taken. the The taking of life should not be taken lightly it should be taken very seriously Mm -hmm. and you do not take it in vengeance we don't ever take life in vengeance we take we take life for these for the people of God at this point we take life because it is the redemption and restoration of other life that was lost there there has to be something sacrificed for the redemption which goes back to the levitical system of sacrifice Mm -hmm. too You know, but especially if you had hate enough to choose to mm-hmm. kill someone, right. you know, the grace of the refuge city and the manslayer, if they're found to be innocent, is they get to live. Yeah. But they still took a life.
2: Yeah. they're still So they can't
1: return home until there is... A loss of another life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there's grace in continuing to have life if you've taken that life because you didn't have hate in your heart you didn't mean to yeah. but there's consequence too
2: mm-hmm.
1: which I believe is very true about yeah. life there's consequence to the things that we do that's premeditated of when we want to hurt somebody and say something mean or whatever else mm-hmm. and there's consequence when we accidentally do something that hurts someone yeah there should there should be consequence because we care about the value of the image of God within other people. Mm-hmm. So,
0: there's a lot more in chapter twenty than I mean. It's <laughs> what.
1: It's not, it's, it's not long. Only, it's only
0: nine verses long. It's, it's not long. Sure, but it is packed full. And really, the, the part that we talked about was only one through six. But <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. well, really, the rest of it is just, this is where they are. Right. This is yeah. the cities. And uh-huh. uh, the, the three cities on the east were appointed before they come into the Promised Land. Right. When they give those two and a half tribes mm-hmm. their land, they go ahead and give those three cities of refuge. Yeah. And then... Moses says, so Moses gives those three. And he says, okay, when you take the rest of the land, you settle it, then you determine the next three. And mm-hmm. one of them, interestingly, um, if you noticed, is Hebron. Yeah. Yes. So now Hebron <clears throat> is so fascinating because it's Caleb's city. Uh-huh. It's a Levite city. Uh-huh. And it's a city of refuge. Yeah. So, and Hebron eventually becomes the first capital of King David.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Special city. So, it's kind of neat that it was. And in that, what
2: you said is yeah. the only land that Abraham owned. owned. Yes, it was the only land he ever owned. He bought it when he when Sarah died. He needed to bury Sarah, and he's buried wow. there too. So is Isaac and Rebecca. And uh,
0: so is it still modern day? No, Abraham? not
2: Rebecca. Sorry. I. That's a good question. I don't know.
1: I don't know. We'll have to. Yeah,
2: Isaac and Rebecca. We'll
1: have to go look. Jacob and, and see Lisa. if it's. We'll have to look into that. I don't know. I don't Interesting. Have a yeah. Modern
0: day times thing in but my it's Bible.
1: Still modern day Hebron, but it's a pretty significant. There's lots going on mm-hmm. in Hebron. Yeah, Hebron. Yeah. yeah. And Shechem, which is one of the other ones in the on the west, becomes a. Um, yeah, it becomes it's still It becomes pretty significant as well. So.
0: It, it says it's, it's where the, the Holy Land for in modern times. Yeah. The West Bank and Hebron.
1: Hebron. Yep. Right there. So, uh, and there is debate. Shechem, I think, uh, the the right. boundary line of Manasseh and Ephraim moves around a little bit. It moves. And, and then, so sometimes Shechem yeah. is Ephraim. Sometimes Shechem seems to be the half Manasseh.
2: But that's one of those lines that's kind of confusing. Well, and it's... Um, it's. I seem to remember that some of Ephraim's cities are in Manasseh, and some of Manasseh's cities are in <laughs> Ephraim. And that's part of the idea is, is don't forget who you really are, mm-hmm. and that is one tribe. Yeah. Right. And not, I mean, you you are many tribes, but you belong to one God. Don't forget your unity. And so the lines are meant to be kind of blurry. It's not supposed to be hard and fast, because mm-hmm. it's not theirs anyway. Yeah. Yep. But yeah, so Shechem. Yeah. Yep. Okay.
1: Any other questions? We haven't really. We talked a little bit about chapter twenty-one, but I don't know if there's really so much. I mean, if you guys have any questions, I, maybe chapter I can 21 answer them for you.
0: But to me, is really just kind of cut and dry. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But I think uh, it's one of these that yeah, we can look at it as just man, this is really boring. But if we go back to when I said last week about the. Uh, like going down to the clerk of court to to find your whatever. Mm-hmm. But when this stuff was written, it wasn't necessarily, okay, now this is chapter 21 and we're going to do all this. It was mm-hmm. the little bits. yeah. And so for the people that cared about, you know, what we see is verse 6. Mm-hmm. For the people that cared about that, they wanted as much specificity Mm-hmm. Yeah. as they could so that they knew exactly what was intended for them yeah right. so when you read them one after the other after the other after the other mm-hmm. boy does it sound repetitive
1: mhm
0: yeah but if you're skimming through this in some parchment pages or whatever looking for the mm-hmm. court documents
2: right
0: mm-hmm. you know, of okay I I want to make sure that this city is what it is. Okay, yeah. yep, there it is, and the land and the livestock or pasture yeah. land or mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. yep, there it is. Okay, good. Yep, this is what this is what I have. Yeah, yeah.
2: looking at it on this map, the tribes or the uh, the clans are color coded. The Levite clans. So mm-hmm. the Kohathite clan is primarily in the south part, mm-hmm. on the west side of the bank. Yes except for a couple of outlining cities and then Gershonites primarily up north except for a couple of outliers on the east and then the Mirrorite clans are primarily on the east side in Gad and Reuben with a couple of outliers so they're like yeah,
1: so honestly, I think there's a, a little bit of a reason for that. And I had to go back and do a little bit of reading to kind of figure that out. And Numbers 3 and 4, it talks about the Levitical tribes, because I didn't know who those three tribes were. Mm-hmm. I just thought they were all Levites, and so I, I was real confused. Well, mm-hmm. one of the things to know is that God tells Moses when they split the land for the Levites to give them their land, they're supposed to get— Beyond the tribes that are bigger, which is Judah and Simeon, mm-hmm. will will have to split their land up more for Levites because they have a bigger portion. Yeah. Everyone else is supposed to give kind of an equal portion, but that doesn't necessarily happen because uh, I think Naphtali only gives like one portion um, and it's a little bigger or something like that. I can't, I think it's mm-hmm. Naphtali. It gives like one portion, but and then that's there's Kadesh a, in that and then there's a smaller place that gives like three portions. And so I don't necessarily know what happened, but a few of them, a few of the commentaries talk about like, they didn't quite do it the way that God said they were supposed to do it. when yeah, they split Manasseh it. could have given a lot more. Yeah. Based on this map. Right. Right. But they didn't Didn't. Um, but one of the other things that you know you made note of that the Kothanites or whatever you say Mm -hmm. them right those three clans mm-hmm. had different responsibilities as Levites. Oh. And I didn't know that. So back in Numbers 3 and 4, it talks very specifically about these three clans. So the the Kohathites are directly from Aaron. That makes sense. They're down south. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, Aaron Eleazar, who is the high priest right yeah. now helping determine with Joshua, is the son of mm-hmm. Aaron. Mm-hmm. Now, Aaron had four sons Two died in Leviticus for doing the wrong thing, and Eleazar now is the high priest with Joshua, because Aaron has passed on. So, each clan had a responsibility in regard to the tabernacle. Mm -hmm. The, The Gershon clan were in charge of the materials of the tabernacle. If you read in Numbers 3 and 4, it, it clearly states that they're supposed to take care of the tent and all the coverings, all the materials of the tabernacle. Okay. They are in charge of making sure those things are, I don't know, taken care mm-hmm. of and right. kept up with and whatever. The Mirarites, Mirarai clan, um, they are the care of the tabernacle frame, the structure of the tabernacle. Wood, pegs, ropes, all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. The Kohathites, mm-hmm. uh, which is Aaron's particular clan, is in care of the actual elements of the sanctuary. Mm-hmm. And so they take care of the Ark, the table of the showbread, the lamp, all that kind of stuff that have to do inside. Mm-hmm. And particularly because if you notice in chapter 21, it splits up the the clan of the Kohathites and kind of talks about them in two separate ways. Mm-hmm. It's because one portion of them, very specifically just Aaron's immediate family, so it would be Eleazar and any kids he right. has. Um they are the only ones that when you move the tabernacle can go in and touch the holy things when they when they
0: okay. pack them up, right. essentially. Uh-huh.
1: That's why they split them up and get an essentially kind of name that they have two separate, they name them separately in their yeah. space. But the reason that they're placed where they are is because they're actually somewhat closer to where the tabernacle ends right. up being. Is it, is it Shechem or Shiloh? They're at Shiloh right okay. now. Eventually, they will move to Shechem, and it will stay at Shechem until the Philistines steal it.
2: Shechem is a Kohathite clan town and a city of refuge.
1: hmm
2: Yep. Yep. How fascinating. <laughs> so, really, I mean, like, there's a few other
1: things we could talk about, but sure. that, to me, that was kind of the most interesting and fascinating, because I had no idea that they had responsibilities. Mm-hmm. But it's yeah. it's very clearly outlined in numbers mm-hmm. chapter 3 and 4. So, that's very
0: interesting. I like that delineation of responsibilities. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. You got your facilities crew, you've got your <laughs> media crew.
1: <laughs> right.
0: You've got your <laughs> <Right>. liturgical crew. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> Everybody had their specific that's responsibilities right. for taking care of the sanctuary, the tra- the tabernacle. So,
0: I like it. So where are we headed next week?
2: Oh yeah, so the our Transjordanian crew is headed home. Our eastern tribes <laughs> That was a big word <laughs> transjordanian crew all of the hoity-toity commentators use that word they do they do well it, we Kyle, should if you're going to be hoity-toity we should be hoity-toity
0: <laughs> and use words like transjordanian
2: <laughs> they're headed home next week
0: all right well thanks for listening again tuning in to another fascinating conversation that we're having um If you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe. I have Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, all those places, YouTube. Check us out at TrinityRustin.org. We'll see y'all next week. Thanks for listening.